So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. On the debrief, we're going to go over what went down on last night's NXT. Samoa Joe gets put to sleep by Karrion Cross. Did Karrion Cross cross the line? And tonight... Also on AEW Dynamite, we had the first time ever coffin match, which I thought was great, but we're going to get all into that tonight in the debrief. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the debrief. I'm your host, Jose G. Next to me is the top Chico himself, Rico El Glorioso, and we're here to bring you everything you need to know. That went down in NXT and AEW Dynamite. We had a really two solid shows last night and tonight, but tonight was just on a different level. We had the first ever coffin match on AEW Dynamite, which I thought closed out the show very nicely. To open up the show, we had John Moxley going up against uh, going up against Carl Anderson in an IWGP United States title match. I thought that also opened up the show fantastically for AEW Dynamite last night, closing out the show, NXT, Karrion Cross, Gargano, title match. We're going to jump all into it, guys. But, Rico, how are you, bro? We didn't have you on the show last oh, week because you were man. in Miami reporting uh, from the James L. Knight Center for Road Rager. Uh, tell us how that was and how you been. It is so great to be back, not only here on the DB, but seeing wrestling having the fans back in attendance. It was such a great feeling. Uh, I feel truly honored to be able to be at AEW's first show back on the road, being able to go to Miami to see Road Ranger in person. That was a phenomenal show. The energy was electric. Even in a, you know, it felt it felt different, especially being outside of Daly's Place and being in a different kind of, uh, you know, arena because it was kind of like an indoor amphitheater uh, from where we were located. So it was a... Definitely a different feel than it is in Jacksonville, but it's still great to see all the fans there in attendance, feeling the energy, feeling the hype. Uh, got to see a lot of wrestling there, a lot of tape shows for Elevation and for Dark. Got to see a lot of local talent. Our friends Chacha Charlie, Salazar, Layla Gray, uh, nice. like all of these, all the people that we've you know been able to see continue to grow. Get to see them in matches in AW. I thought it was amazing, but I'm glad to be back here with you, Jose, and talk about. Fighter Fest night one and NXT last night. A lot of great wrestling, just like you mentioned earlier on. How you been? I'm doing great, man. Uh, a lot of stuff went down today. Uh, but, guys, before we jump into all the reviews, make sure you are sharing, hitting that like button, and uh, sounding off in the comments. Make sure you are subscribing to our channel on YouTube. We have tons of exclusive content over there right now. We have an exclusive interview with Johnny Gargano who just faced Karrion Cross uh, last night. We have a great interview with him um, where he talks about that he pitched a buddy cop movie to a certain someone 
in NXT. He says that WWE has the studios. Check out the whole interview, guys. Check out the entire thing. We also have a great Q&A session uh, with Levi Cooper, formerly known as Tucker Knight uh, in uh, in WWE. He had a great Q&A session last night on Unscripted with Dr. Chris Featherstone. So make sure you guys check that out. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that notification bell so you guys know whenever we drop brand new content or we have brand new live streams just like this, every day, 5, uh, 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern, we have the, the top story of the day where we break down all the hottest trending topics in the world of professional wrestling. So make sure you have all your notifications on and also tag your friends in the comment section so they can join us in the conversation while we review NXT and AEW. So let's talk about last night's NXT because last night's NXT uh, had a lot of good stuff. Um, Mostly for me, I kind of felt it was a little bit of a filler show coming off of the Great American Bash, but we did have some notable things that happened. Obviously, the title match between Cross and Gargano, that finish where Karrion Cross chokes out Samoa Joe at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, did did Samoa Joe have this coming, Rico? Oh no, he uh poor Karen Cross. TikTok he's, he's provoked young champion. You have provoked the Samoan submission machine, TikTok young champion. He uh if this sets up the match that I've been dying for, like we've already seen, we've been talking about all the teases that's been coming up these last couple weeks. We saw it again last night when you know, obviously. He went to you know Samoa Joe as the re- guest referee. Went to both locker rooms essentially to explain the rules, but then get to see those face offs. Like essentially, you know, Pete Dunne, you know, getting in his face. Like uh, it's so many matches are teased. Even Adam Cole calling out, well, called out Kyle O'Reilly, but he had no grace in getting into the face of Samoa Joe as he was getting ready to uh, be the guest referee for the main event. Like it's teasing so many of these matches. But of course, the one that I want to see right off, especially after what happened, is Samoa Joe versus Karen Cross. Like now, we have to see this. Yeah, and the way that uh, that Samoa Joe just sold the whole thing, it just made it look like a million bucks. And the way that even with the finish, because you know when Gargano hit, uh, you know the one final, final beat, beat, and you know he Karen Cross just came back, hit him with like three power bombs, hit him with a Saito suplex, and then the form to the back of the head to close out the match. Oh and God. then when he, once he gets the pin, he's just laughing in front of Samoa Joe's face. So I thought that was a really nice touch there uh, by, by Karrion Cross. We'll just have to see what happens next week. If Samoa Joe, now that he is finally provoked, if we'll finally get to see him in some in-ring action. In one of his latest interviews, he said uh, that is a matter of time. We're just setting things up correctly. So this could be that setup for that correct in-ring return, Rico. Thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I can't I can't wait. I really hope everything goes well to get Samojo back into the ring because again, it's all set up. Carrion Cross, Pete Dunn, Adam Cole, you know, all these guys would have spectacular matches with Samoa Joe. So hopefully we're gonna be getting them sooner rather than later, but only time will tell. That's right. Uh, some other notable things that went down. We had a few matches. On NXT, we had Dakota Kai go up against Ember Moon, uh, where she actually defeated Ember Moon. That was kind of a surprise. Afterwards, yeah. we had Zaya Lee to actually face off against Raquel Gonzalez, and now we know that Zaya Lee is going to get that championship opportunity next week on NXT. Uh, Tyler Russ from the Diamond Mine also faced off against Bobby Fish. 
uh, where Tyler the Rust won by pinfall. Uh, then Diamond Mine was about to attack uh, Bobby, but then Kushida comes out for the rescue, so that's probably going to set up a tag match for next week. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we also see the return of Saray. We haven't yes. seen her for a while. Uh, Saray went up against Gigi Dolan, uh, beating her. But what was surprising here is seeing Mandy Rose back in NXT. What, what's this all about? Do you have I, any clue what's going on here? Not a damn clue. We do know that there are some you know, bodies being moved around because, like you just said earlier, Ember Moon losing to Dakota Kai. She doesn't have a tag partner. And what still is confusing is even after what happened in the NXT Women's Tag Match, uh, where the way lost the titles uh, to uh, Io Shirai and Zoe Stark, because of Tegan Knox, she will happen to be the, the person behind the charging battery. And then she's over on SmackDown too with Shotzi as Shotzi and Tegan defeated the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions and Tamina and Natalia. And at the same time, we thought that we had Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke going after those titles, and now we see Mandy on NXT. So a lot of pieces are being moved know. around at the same time. I just really hope they don't leave Ember Moon in the dust. She is way too talented to be forgotten about. So hopefully they're not going to drop the ball with her. But, yeah, it's it seems like she was out kind of like scouting and looking for maybe a potential tag team partner. I don't know how a team of Mandy Rose and Saray would actually work out. Uh, but we did see a little bit of an interaction between Mandy Rose and Frankie Monet. So it looks like we might be getting a women's stable going on here. Maybe the uh, Femme Fatales or something like that. Because uh, a little later on, we did have Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter, two huge uh, – we're huge fans of those two ladies because we've seen them grow up in NXT. Getting the win over the Robert Stone brand, which looks like the Robert Stone brand might not be his brand anymore. Change of management right now, man. Aaliyah walked away after she beat the crap out of Robert Stone, even though he lost his shoe early on. And then out came Frankie Monet, talked to Jesse Kamea, and later on, they were following her. Jesse and Robert were following I'm all uh, about it. Frankie Monet, and then they had a little interaction with Mandy Rose. So they're they're moving some pieces around, but it, it's it's setting up what could be some interesting storylines, possibly a women-led faction, which would be amazing by Frankie Monet. So who knows at this point? That, yeah, that, that would be pretty cool. I'd like to see something like that. Uh, we also got to see uh, the first round of the breakout tournament. We got to see Duke Hudson, uh, formerly known as Brendan Vick. Uh, he defeated Ikeman Jiro, the guy that never takes off his blazer. His blazer. Very entertaining, really good match, but... Duke Hudson looked like a million bucks. He looks he looks like a like a future main eventer. Definitely a really good match for Duke Hudson. Uh Santos Escobar also went up against Dexter Loomis, defeating oh. him by nefarious means. Uh, but then Indy Hartwell. The index came love out. story continues, bro. The, the index love story <laughs> continues. And I and and I'm totally all about it. I especially love that Beth Phoenix, Beth Phoenix earlier mm-hmm. in the day asked Indy, she's like, what's going on with Dexter Loomis? And then like Indy gives like this whole explanation. And then Beth, she's like, well, listen, if sometimes you just need to make the move. And that's what Indy did. Indy made the move and I'm okay with that. So, and so Candace came out and blocked it. She's oh, getting God. in the way of true love. Oh, it's, she has her true love in Johnny Gargano. Why can't she let Indy, you know, follow her feelings and see what's, you know, what's possible with her and Dexter, man. Candace, come on, man! You got you got to stop blocking like that. That's 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 not that's not a good look for anybody. <laughs> uh, we also had Adam Cole cut a promo on how he beat Kyle O'Reilly decisively last week at the Great American Bash. Uh, but after he was talking t- uh, trash, not only 
uh, about Kyle O'Reilly. He started talking trash about Samoa Joe. Then we hear Bronson Reed's music comes out, and it looks like this is going to be Adam Cole's next feud, Bronson Reed versus Adam Cole. What I found more interesting about this was when Samoa Joe came out and then Samoa Joe and Bronson, Bronson Reed, Reed had oh, their yeah, little face up. That. Yeah. Huh. That sounds like a million bucks to me. That's, uh, that's that's a main event takeover every day, any day. Big meaty men slapping big meat. That is exactly what that match would nice. be. Uh, I don't know if the ring can, can hold that kind of just colossal <laughs> <laughs> this colossal forces there. This is a lot of mass in there, which we will it also is. get a lot of mass. And uh, Stephen Chambers is bringing it up in the chat. We did have a little backstage segment with Pete. Uh, Pete Dunn was essentially calling out the winner, whoever it was. It didn't matter, Johnny Gargano or Karen Cross. He was still the best technical wrestler and the toughest guy in NXT. But one man begs to differ, and his name is one toothless Timothy Thatcher. And of course, like, so which one is it? Are you the toughest guy? Or are you the best technical guy? So. It looks like we are going to be getting a feud between uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher versus Pete Dunn and Oni Lorcan, which that's going to be another great feud, another hard-hitting match when we get these uh, guys in a tag team match. So that's going to be another good match to look out for. Yeah, man. So overall, NXT was, like I said, it was pretty – it was okay. It wasn't, like, as good as the Great American Bash last week. But, again, they're coming off of a, yeah. a, of a show, of a special. I kind of felt like it was a little bit of a filler – um, the ending was great, uh, but again, let's move on to AEW because oh. AEW was a hell of a show tonight. We're definitely going to jump into all of that. Guys, make sure if you're just joining in right now in the stream, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button and notification bell so that way you never miss when we go live, guys, or when we drop new videos. Tons of exclusive content right now on our YouTube channel that you can only get on the YouTube channel. So go ahead, hit that subscribe button and notification bell, so that way you are always notified when we oh. go live when we've got something new. But, uh, but Rico, so yeah, let's let's talk AEWs, man, because yeah. AEWs was really good. Yeah. Uh, John Moxley, Carl Anderson, that reaction to John Moxley opening up the show to Wild Thing, Gave me goosebumps. It literally did. Just hearing the roar of that crowd respond wow. to him. And you you could tell that he was into it. He felt it. He went even deeper into the crowd to feed off of that energy. And and it dude, it totally paid off. And Carl Anderson ain't no slouch. Carl Anderson put on they actually put on a quite of like a new Japan style type match. Did you do you know don't you, don't you think? Yeah, and, and that was essentially the tone that they were trying to set for it. They even said, you know, because this is the IWGP US Championship, they're going to be defending it under IWGP rules, which includes, you know, the 20 count, you know, and everything else that, that goes goes along with it. So, yeah, it, I think they did a great job of bringing that feel, you know, for people that haven't been too popular or have been, you know, have watched too many New Japan matches, you got to see a bit of that here. Like, you got to see... Uh, what kind of feel that you would get from uh, a New Japan style match? But we're seeing it here with two American guys, with Carl Anderson and John Moxley. Uh, and of course, in order to avoid any sort of shenanigans, Eddie Kingston did come out with John Moxley. Of course, that's still his boy, and he was the one that attacked Luke Gallows with the metal pipe in order to scare him off to make this a true one on one. So there was no shenanigans or anything like that when it came to this title. Uh, and of course, you're not going to be able to take that title off of John Moxley just yet. Uh, but 
it could be happening sooner rather than later because already, fresh off the heels of this title defense, John Moxley is once again going to be defending that IWGP US Championship next week on Fighter Fest Night 2 against the Murder Hawk monster himself, Lance Archer, in a rematch that they had before. And once again, a Texas death match that John Moxley won. That's how he uh, was able to win the IWGP US Championship. Ooh, is he going to be able I'm to glad do it, it twice again, Jose? Can he retain it against I don't know. the Murder monster? I, I don't know. All I can say is, as long as this is not an exploding barbed wire match, <laughs> death match, and I think we'll be fine. If they can handle a Texas death match, I'm sure they're going to do fine. If John Max, John Moxie, by some type of miracle, can retain his title, I don't know who can take that title off of him. Because it almost seems like this is Lance Archer's moment right now to regain that mm-hmm. IWGP US title. Mm-hmm. And what a better place to do it in Dallas next week. Yeah, it, it's it all seems so fitting. And it feels like they really haven't given Moxley like a full length of time off. Like maybe this is a good way to write him off for a little bit and they in order to, you know, bring him back because we're starting to see like everything else get kind of pulled away. Like, you know, Eddie Kingston still has this feud going on. Apparently, somebody is on the hunt for one death triangle, and that's one Andrade El Idolo. So we don't know if he wants to have a match with them or could we possibly get Los Ingobernables, the AEW? Could you imagine a feud led by Andrade with Penta, Ray Phoenix, and Pac? Oh, Oh, it's all all about factions again, Jose. Everybody's got to be a faction. Everybody's got to give it. Got to have a faction, guys. Get in the comments. Make sure you sound off with your questions and your and your thoughts about tonight. Both shows on AEW and NXT. Uh, Steve Chambers saying in the comments here on Facebook, Mox versus Archer Texas Death Match next week is going to be awesome. Timothy Thompson, on the other hand, is saying, "How was it really good? The crowd was, but no story throughout the show. Just matches again." Uh, we'll get to that in the end of the show, and I'll tell you why I think it was it was a pretty good show. Uh, let's see, Vahida Zima saying he will win once again. John Moxley, Dean Ambrose, so, oh, he thinks he's going to keep it. Uh, but let's jump into our next title match that we had after the IWGP United States title, and yeah. that was the FTW, the world, the FTW title that's not recognized in AEW or in any other promotion, but yet the title changed hands. So. In some way, shape, or form, you are recognizing that title, even though right? you publicly said that they don't recognize it. If they didn't recognize it, that belt wouldn't even be on TV. It wouldn't be defended. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't change hands. But tonight, we saw it change hands, and it was in the most WWE way possible, okay? The most WWE finish. I ain't mad at it, though. I absolutely loved it because it was yeah. a double turn. It was a turn. Because you think that Ricky Starks comes in as a babyface with Cage being the heel. Then all of a sudden, you have Powerhouse turn on Cage. Then you have Ricky turn heel again, which by default is going to turn Cage babyface because he's no longer going to want to be with Team Taz, right? So I assumed heading into this match and based off of Road Rager last week that 
Brian Cage was the face heading into this, but the crowd was so behind Rocky Starks, aka Ricky Starks. That's what I thought. Yeah. The crowd was so behind him, which I was surprised. Uh, and then of course, like you said, the, the way that the turn got set up was again, it's all around the belt, all around the belt itself, where Ricky was about to use the belt as a weapon. And then you think Powerhouse is turning on him because he yanks the belt out of Ricky's hands. So you're thinking, oh, okay, maybe Powerhouse is becoming more of a baby pace. Ricky's gonna be by himself. No. Hook distracts the ref, and as Brian Cage tries to go for a clothesline, Ricky ducks, and then he gets blasted by the belt by Powerhouse Hobbs that allows Ricky uh, Ricky Starks to hit a spear and become the new FTW champion. Like you said, it's not recognized, so I guess it doesn't really matter, but he is the new FTW champion, and essentially, yeah, all of Team Taz is solidified again as heels. They just did that as a way to get that belt off of Brian Cage because they knew they weren't able to control him anymore. So now we're going to have a baby face Brian Cage, I guess. I don't know how this it looks. Work it, out. It, it, may, it, it looks like it might head that way. And, and it's okay because I, I like Ricky Starks as a heel better. And I like the fact that they all lined up with Ricky Starks and Taz did too towards the end like i said the most wwe finish ever so but it, so but it worked it, but it worked it so worked. well and and i gotta give kudos to whoever booked that match because it worked out really well and it did and i thought it it did a really good job uh what else do we have tonight rico on dynamite so, fresh off of that match out comes one cody rhodes and he has a bone to pick with somebody who has been knocking you know waiting for somebody to come knock on his door and he goes to commentary Calls out Malachi Black, and then he's like, "No, I need a mic." And it goes to the ring and calls him out again, only to be responded by Malachi Black on the Titan. And he tells us a story about, you know, he's seen uh, a horse get murdered firsthand, and he tells this whole thing, basically explaining why he attacked Arn Anderson and then laid out Cody Rose last week. Uh, and of course, Cody wasn't having this, and he said, "If you want to look in my eyes, come down here and, and see for yourself." He's like, "All right." Lights cut out. I Malachi thought you Black say that teleports again and they get into a big broad of course the refs and everybody come out and like you pointed out it looks like cody got a stiff one in on malachi black aka tommy and fka alistair black from wwe because when they cut away he had blood coming off of his face so oh yeah now his nose was a little disfigured there like it was bent inward and off to the side and a nice red blood streak coming oh. down i'm like that's a broken nose whatever whatever happened in that scuffle when he got bum rush or when they were going at it cody must have landed something in that scuffle that, that made him that made him break that nose but are you looking forward to this match whenever whenever this match happens is this going to be at all out you think it, it has to, right? Like I know everybody's chiming in in the in the, in the comments. Like Steve Chamber saying that uh, they saving Cody versus uh, Black for the pay per view. Uh, Dale Munson can't wait for Cody and Black. Yeah, like it. It feels that kind of hype that it needs to be in a pay per view. Remember, now we're gonna have to wait a month and a half essentially for All Out. Well, yeah, because it's gonna be the beginning of September. So hopefully they can continue this, you know, this feud and keep us invested. But as of now, hell yeah, I'm very invested in this. I just really hope they don't do the whole Cody thing where they're trying to push somebody, but Cody has to be the big guy to get the big win. Not ready to give up that golden shovel just yet. It's but funny. I think this is the one person to not do it with is Malachi Black. I kind of, I find it kind of funny, funny. Uh, that, you know, the irony. Cody, Cody is the triple H of AEW right now. The irony of him breaking the throne at the first all out. 
and him essentially becoming the Triple H of AEW. He's the, tri- is he's the Triple H. Poetic. It is the purest of irony here, where he is becoming that linchpin now. He is the standard bearer, so you have to get past Cody. He is Triple H. But, like, how can you say that he's the standard bearer when he hasn't even held the AEW Heavyweight Championship? Because that's the one thing he's not going to do. He's a solid solid mid-carder. Because he knows he could if he wanted to, but he Mm. didn't want to get that, you know, the... Just that backlash of him giving himself the title. So he, until he's earned it, he's not going to do that. So at least he's done that. He's he's humble enough to do that. But in everything else, he's like, no, it's me. I'm Cody Rhodes. You know, I'm the new American dream. Like I can't lose to Anthony Agogo. I can't lose to QT Marshall. Malachi Black. What? He need, he needs to lose to Malachi Black. <laughs> like he absolutely uh, yeah, needs to lose. I agree. I agree. He does need to lose <laughs> Malachi Black. I mean, because then why would you bring Malachi Black if you're not just going to put him over big time as your tops one as one of your top stars? You know what I'm saying? So, especially uh, you know, fresh off the commentary that you know Jr. even talked about what he said to to uh, Malachi Black when he got there. It's like, all right, you set it up. Like you have to run with this. You have to make an impact. Like you have to be one of those guys because of how we started off and what you are able to do. So he has a lot of pressure on him. So it would be a big detriment to him if they do not continue to push him, you know, with that hot debut that I got to see in person, even though the lights were off, I could see him running to the ring, which I thought was pretty funny, but we got to see him make a huge debut, a huge impact. They got to keep running with it. Uh, And then speaking of the AEW championship, just like you had mentioned a second ago that Cody should not be getting towards, we're getting closer to finally getting that match. We anticipated one Hangman Adam Page versus one Kenneth Omega. Uh, with Kenny, uh, with uh, Hangman coming out to the ring, he was about to issue a challenge to Kenny, only to get caught off by Don Callis and the Elite. And after a lot of back and forth, Kenny actually suggested they have a five-on-five elimination-style tag team match. Uh, I would assume it's going to be for either next week or for uh, Fight for the Fallen. They haven't said when, but we can... Uh, they basically accepted a match. However, Hangman added some stipulations that if they win, if Hangman and the Dark Order can beat the Elite, Hangman will get his AEW Championship match, and the Dark Order will get a shot at the AEW Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks. So that's going to be an interesting match. I mean, Hangman's probably going to win. Uh, but uh, it, it sets up you know, that big storyline where we could have, again, starting those pieces, those uh, getting the ball rolling, to have Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page for the AEW World Championship at All Out. So kind of what we expected, but it's good to see that they're still involving all these other pieces with the Elite, you know, with the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers and Brandon Cutler and then Hangman and uh, the Dark Order. So they're still getting this ball rolling, but it looks like we're going to get that match hopefully at All Out just kind of like we anticipated. You know what I found really eyebrow raising tonight was how over Adam Page is. Like, because we know that he's been over for a while, but when you heard that music go off and you heard the crowd reaction, man, that was really good for Hangman. Like the other the the only other major reaction that I heard like that tonight was Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara had a hell of a reception tonight. In his match against uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, uh, I put in here that was uh, Wheeler Utah. Wheeler, Wheeler Utah. Uh, so th- that was a good that, that was a good match there. But let's talk about a match that is twenty three years in the making. <laughs> twenty three years. It is Christian 
versus Matt Hardy in AEW. Is this officially the first time that these two have faced each other in every major promotion? If feels that way right because they've done it in wwe they did it in tna impact and now they're here in AEW. they've only just not done it in like ring of honor and new japan it feels like like they've right. done it in mexico like on all the u.s promotions i think they pretty much have officially now faced off against each other what do um, you think of this match it's it's kind of like it, it's compared to the other matches it's it's not up there because we got to see you know the athleticism of sammy Guevara. uh we got to you know, get to see uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks and Moxley versus Carl Anderson. So it's, compared to the other matches, like, okay. But they try to tell a good story where, you know, they know each other so well. They started off with the, you know, the arm and collar. Like, they, they started off with the, the lockup, and they went off the way to the outside. And it took a good, like, what, two, three minutes before Christian Cage tried to put a headlock on, and they, they actually did something else. So they did a lot of, you know, feeling back and forth, storytelling that they know each other uh, Matt Hardy with some more innovative offense with, you know, that kind of like DDT to the apron stairs uh, that looked that, devastating that, as hell. That was a that good spot really good. right there. Yes, that was a really good spot. And Christian sold the hell out of it. I thought that was that was good. But you're right. I think yeah, this was more of a traditional storytelling type of a, a WWE type of match, um, you know, between them two. Uh, but what was happening at what happened afterward after Christian got the victory, um, he was about to get jumped. He was about to get jumped by the by the Hardy family uh, business, right? Or the, yeah, the organization. He had a Hardy family office. And then Jurassic Express comes out. So they get Christian's back. And then Luchasaurus yeah, put Christian, puts on, Christian his <laughs> on his shoulders. And then you, you, see, you see Jungle Boy just looking and like, total confusion like dude like why are you on my dinosaur like That's my like dinosaur. like a little bit of a, a little bit of jealousy there is there something that's gonna go down between jungle boy and christian i don't know you know but that's that's his dinosaur you don't mess with the boy's dinosaur nah man the boy is dinosaur but it's it, he is one what was it one quarter cosmos ceratops or something like that so <sighs> it's it's the it's the dinosaur connection jose you know that it that really is bringing them together uh but uh later on we also did get an interview in ring with tony Schiavone and his favorite person in aew the aew women's champion dr Britt baker d m d uh, of course calling out nyla rose laying it down like she is the face of the women's division like she has supposed to have been for the longest time really talking up their match next week uh, for the AW Women's Championship against Nyla Rose and also calling out Vicky Guerrero as well. Uh, and we also uh, see. Yeah, we, we also, also had, had the a... return, the return of one Yuka Sakazaki mm. in over 15 months, man. She looked great tonight. Oh, and she was over too, man. She was so over. Uh, but she has a great personality and like she has such great energy in all her matches. And she went up against Penelope Ford, who they had been talking in the year 2021, she has been eight and one, and in, in her last 17 matches, she's 16 and one. But immediately when it was Yuka Sakazaki in the notes, I said she's nope. Yuka Sakazaki is going to win. Like that's the only reason to really have her go up against Penelope Ford. But Penelope has gotten a lot better in the ring since I first saw her. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to agree with you. She's definitely improved in ring. She's definitely improved with her personality and the way that she's approaching these matches. And uh, she's definitely getting better. She's definitely getting better. So I could definitely see her as a top contender for the AEW women's title at some point down the future. 
Yeah, but she was not unfortunately good enough to get the win over Yuka Sakazaki using the magical girl splash to get the win. Uh, and then earlier, we also did get an interview uh, with Alex Marvez and Chris Jericho as uh, Jericho was talking about the five labors of Jericho that he's going to have to go through in order to get his one-on-one match with MJF. And in the middle of the interview, Sean Spears hits him with a chair. And, of course, they attack him. MJF lets him know, hey, guess what? Next week, your first labor, you're going to have a match with one Sean Spears. And in this match, Sean Spears can use a chair, but you cannot. So, of course, I mean, Jericho's going to win. But uh, already we're starting to see what kind of uh, stipulations that MJF is going to create for Chris Jericho in order for them to get that one-on-one match. And and I'm a huge fan of Greek mythology, so I did love everything that Chris Jericho had to say (laughs) in regards to all of that. So I'm liking where this is going. And uh, I I know somebody asked it in the chat earlier, how long is this feud going to go between Pinnacle and Inner Circle? It's going to go for a good while. Like until Jericho goes away to tour with Fozzie, well, think of it. It's he's five labors. It's five. The five labors of Jericho. Well, at least five weeks. Five weeks. <laughs> that's five weeks. That's over. And a month. All out. Now, this is this is probably going to not end until all out. Okay. Yeah. This, so September. Okay. Yeah. September is when you can expect this storyline yeah. uh, to be done with. But let's talk about this main event. Main event the first time ever coffin match on AEW Dynamite. Darby Allen going up against All Ego Ethan Page. What did you think of this matchup? Oh. Did you like how it started? Did you like how it ended? Uh, what What are some things that you're nitpicky about? What things that you were really high about? It's that, that ending, man. Like, I, I figured it's it's a coffin match, so it's it's gonna be like you know a good signature match for Darby. But again, how do you survive an uh, ego's edge from the top of the turnbuckle onto those metal stairs and still be able to be okay to continue the match? Like that should like damn near paralyze you. Like, like that, that should yeah, that should have been the end of the match. That I thought that was the end, and then I keep watching. I'm like, no, it's not over. Oh, okay. Darby somehow gets up, gets the skateboard, hits uh, you know, hits Ethan on the back, like jumps off the top of the turnbuckle with the skateboard onto Ethan, and then of course closes out the the, the coffin and wins. But after the match, you've already won. You're barely standing. Yeah, let me go ahead to the top of the turnbuckle again and hit the coffin drop onto the closed coffin. Like, that's isn't that like almost how uh, Shawn Michaels almost got injured because he landed wrong on a coffin against uh, Undertaker? Yeah. Like, yeah. you you putting yourself in that situation. I would assume that would have been the ending. Like, Ethan Page is in the coffin when it's open, and then he does a coffin drop, and then it closes, and they both win or lose technically well but, you know what what one to win and another one for good measure bro oh like oh darby the, you know okay so man here's my okay so well, here's yeah, my let me hear your job yeah i like so the match was good i'm a yeah. huge all ego uh, ethan page fan i absolutely love what he's been doing recently um i agree with you that razor's edge should have been the end of it he should have been able to put him in the coffin and and you know and finish off this match but here is my nitpick so remember when we were like how does someone kick out of a tombstone power driver from the second row okay how how does someone (laughs) kick out of a of a razor's edge from the top rope onto the steel onto the steel well there was no kick out but but theoretically he probably would have kicked out right yeah i've i've come to the realization that AEW is starting to become the Fast and Furious version <laughs> of pro wrestling. You know why? Uh, you know why? why? Family? Why? Because of family. 
it's like Darby Allen is it's gotta be like somehow they're gonna write into it. Like so Malachi already has teleporting powers, right? So at some point, Darby Allen has to release the information that he's an immortal or something because he, I don't know how he's able to kick out of all of these things and yet, you know, take all this brutality and take all this punishment that you would think would like devastate any normal human being, but he's able to get out of it and then do something else miraculous, like jumping off the top rope with a skateboard and then jumping off the top rope again, just a coffin drop onto the closed coffin. Like it's, it's ridiculous, man. But it was, it was a little overkill. Congrats. It was, yeah, it was a little overkill, <laughs> but congrats to Darby yeah. Allen. Uh, Turnbuckle Pad watching us from the UK saying we don't get AEW Dynamite until Friday oh. night here in the UK. Oh man, I'm so sorry. sorry bro. So so for our UK uh, uh, uh viewers, spoilers, so sorry about that. <laughs> uh, uh I did I didn't know that. Did you know that? That they I don't air that. I had no idea about Dynamite. The only thing Friday. I realized um is that their pay-per-views like uh we're gonna see on uh for money in the bank on Sunday airs at 1 a.m. over there for them. So Oof, while we get it. Yeah. 8 p.m. here Eastern, they get out one, so they have yeah. to wait. Five I think hours they're like there. five, yeah, five hours ahead. Yeah, which uh, Rico's, yeah. What, what, what was that, bro? Well, I was just gonna say, uh, Ozzy Madero's was talking about like uh, possibly talking about a, a, a possible return from one Brock Lesnar, but next week we are gonna get one Brock Anderson, so. <laughs> you're, not, somehow not, you're gonna get a Brock next week. You're getting a Brock one way or the other. <laughs> it's it's not the Brock that we wanted. It's the Brock that we needed. <laughs> All right, guys. So Rico, what are your scores for NXT and Dynamite? Oh man. Uh, let's see. Uh, because of the championship match, especially with the storyline going on with Samojo, plus they had a nice little uh, vignettes with. Uh, one Cameron Grimes being the butler for uh, one L.A. Knight. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. going to give it a seven uh, just because, like, the mat, the championship match stood out to me. I like the interaction between Beth Phoenix and Indy, like you you uh, spoke about earlier. Like, they kept that going on. The curveball with having Mandy Rose and Bronson Reed because we pretty much, you know, believe that he's getting closer to SmackDown or Raw than anybody else. But he's still here. He's still in NXT. Same thing with Karrion Cross, but he's still a champion, so, which is to be expected. But we lost Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart. So, you know, there's still some things in flux, but because of the championship match, everything with Samoa Joe and uh, all the stuff with Index, I'm, I'm going to give it a seven. That's cool. Yeah, I think with uh, with NXT, I think a seven is is uh, is a pretty fair score. Yes. And due to nothing like super major surprises happened this week, Uh the really cool ending with Samoa Joe, you know, passing out with Karrion Cross, putting the cross jacket on. I thought that was cool. Um, if we would have had a title change, I think definitely we would have would have been a little bit of higher score. Mm-hmm. But I think this feud between Joe and Cross is too important to, you know, say you know take the title off of him right now. Uh, what about for AEW? What did you think? It's uh, uh, what score are you giving out? I'm gonna give it an eight. I'm gonna give it a slight nod just because it had a lot more storylines going into it. Again, I like all the the how they're continuing with a lot of these storylines, especially with uh, Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega. Like this, that is long term storybooking at its finest. Like going from day one, of it AEW, really is. When even Hangman told the whole story from day one of AEW and you know being the first one against you know Jericho and losing, and then bring it up to where he you know tag teaming with Kenny and winning the titles, and now where he is like. That is long-term storybooking from the beginning of AEW, so I love that they're still playing towards that, and even to where they are now. 
So on Being the Elite, the title was uh, Without Dark Order. This was one of the first Being the Elites Without Dark Order. It was all about just uh, the Young Bucks and uh, you know all of those guys. Not Nobody in the Dark Order was on this episode, but you got to bring them in on this episode of uh, you know Fighter Fest Night 1. So just the way they're intertwining a lot of things, I think is great. The WWE-style finish that we got for the FTW World Championship, seeing John Moxley versus Carl Anderson, knowing that we're going to get John Moxley versus Lance Archer next week. Uh, I thought they set up a lot of good things. Sammy Guevara continues to impress. We got to see Yuka Zakazaki come back. And just if, as crazy as it is, it's still a spectacular finish to that coffin match. So I'm going to give it a solid eight for AEW. Yeah, we got a ton of people here commenting. Ozzy Maduro's is giving it a nine. Uh, Steven Chambers is giving it an eight. Uh, Vahid is giving AEW a seven out of ten, and also seven out of ten for NXT. I think for uh, for AEW, I think I'm going to give that an eight an eight point five, eight and a half. Uh, we had we had two title matches on the show, uh, one that's not recognized by a company, oh, and that but the first that that opening match. I honestly that was the right way feel, to kick it off. Not only was the right way to kick it off, I thought that was the better match of the night, to be honest with you. Because okay. this coffin match was good, but we kind of know what we're gonna get with these coffin matches. You know, there's no DQ, you know, it's kind of like free to do whatever you want to do, you know what I'm saying? So there's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of chaos going on over here. You're sticking to new Japan Pro Wrestling rules, 20-second count out on the outside, made a lot more different. A lot of stiff shots. So I thought that was the better match of the night. Uh, and that anytime you see John Moxley and then you hear that response, I thought that was good. So 8.5 uh, for the rest of the night, man. I thought the, most of the matches were great. Uh, but yeah, yeah, 8.5, 8.5 for, for AEW this week. Yeah, so right now that's two weeks in a row that AEW's put on some spectacular specials. So we had an amazing Great American Bash from NXT. We had uh, Road Rager that I was lucky enough to be at last week. Fighter Fest Night One. We got Fighter Fest Night Two next week, where we have more championship matches. The U.S. Uh, the IWGP U.S. Championship match once again in a Texas Death Match. We have the AEW Women's Championship match that's going to be underlined. We'll probably get that five on five match. We're going to get Jericho versus Spears. Like, there's a lot of good matches that they're setting up for these next two weeks. So, where we thought uh, we were talking about it a couple weeks ago about having is there too many specials that AEW is having? But at this point, they're continuing to deliver each week. So while it's it feels like it's coming. a bit much, it's good because it's setting up so many good things. We're getting so many interesting matches, and it's, I agree. And again, this is just like four really good steps in a row, leading into eventually what is going to be all out in September. This is a great way to really bring back fans to the AEW product. So, congrats, AEW man! They another spectacular show. Unfortunately, they it was in definitely- Texas, so we couldn't be there. I know. I know. They definitely (laughs) have been stepping up in these last few weeks. I would say the last three or four weeks have been just boom, just kind of increasing the heat on the product. And I like it. And I like what they're doing. Uh, Turnbuckle Pad on Facebook is asking Has the FTW championship now been recognized as an actual championship now? The answer to that is to be determined, I guess, because even though. On AEW, they publicly say it on the air that that championship is not recognized in AEW. Renegade title. If it, <laughs> if it wasn't recognized, then why have it? Why defend it on TV? Why even why mention it? You know, why, why are you letting it have so, match? Why is it that not dark so, elevation or something? So my answer to that is, yeah. <laughs> 
it's a, it's just a cool it's a cool cool side title I guess kind of like how the BMF <laughs> title is not recognized by the UFC, but you know we all knew it was a pretty uh, cool match between Nate Diaz and Masvidal. So, which by the way, yeah, um, <laughs> having uh, Amanda Nunes and Jorge Masvidal last week, I thought that was the weirdest thing. Unfortunately, I couldn't see them, but when I saw them on the sc- on the screen, I was like, I started marking out because uh, the guy that I was with, he's like, who is who is that? I'm like, that's literally the greatest women's mixed martial arts of all time and then uh you know the bmf title holder in jorge masvidal so that was pretty that dope was so, seeing some them, weird seeing them cost there. promotion but yeah and then and then that 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 whole thing uh where the uh, owner of american top team he like takes that huge bump uh so that was that, that was all fine that was good. yeah uh, f- reading some more of your comments before we head out philip campbell is saying it's a taz title that's why it's not recognized so taz created that that's absolutely true about that <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that is it for tonight's show. I want to thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight here on the Deeper Punk Sports Creator Wrestling. Remember, uh, make sure you are subscribing to all of our content here on Facebook. Like, share, and subscribe. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that notification bell and subscribe button so that way you know when we drop new content. Tons of exclusive interviews right there, over uh, right over there right now. We're going to have tons of specials this weekend. We're going to have a Money in the Bank trivia, and we're going to have a Money in the Bank watch along. So make sure you guys have your notifications on so you know what time and what date is uh, we, we're having all of our shows go down this weekend. So, dude, this is the week we've been waiting for. Fans are back officially. Friday night, brand new SmackDown in front of fans in Houston. It's going to be amazing. Sunday night, Money in the Bank in Fort Worth. Monday night, Raw. Dude, it's going to be insane. This is the homecoming for all wrestling fans. Guys, it's just, it's going to be amazing. And just remember, whenever you're watching any type of wrestling, AEW, NXT, WWE, New Japan Pro Wrestling, it don't matter. But when you're watching wrestling... Rico, tell them what they need to do. Enjoy it. Enjoy wrestling. Boom.